0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? All set and ready to go, Dan. Yeah, I got an important show, so I'm going to get right to it. No screwing around. Let me just get this uh, out of the way because we have, a, a, we have to pay for the show. And, and given yep. what's going on, by the way, I do deeply appreciate our sponsors. Given the non-stop uh, economic assault on our livelihoods by liberals everywhere. Mm-hmm. So thank you to our sponsors. Today's show brought to you by buddies at iTarget. Uh, iTarget, listen, folks, if you're going to own a firearm, it is important you know how to operate it proficiently and safely. Uh, safety counts and proficiency counts as well. God forbid you're involved in a self-defense scenario. You want to be able to engage uh, with the target. Uh, you know, these, We saw this with this good guy with a gun story in Walmart recently, uh, with this pastor with a gun who stopped there, multiple carjackings and some sicko who was attacking people in the parking lot. Uh, what does iTarget do? The iTarget Pro system, they will send you a laser round, which will take your dry fire practice to the next level. Dry firing is basically what you do when you're not at the range and you safely unload a weapon. You check it. You check it twice. You check it three times. Can't afford to make a mistake there. Always, uh, always keep that muzzle pointed in a safe direction. But you dry fire an unloaded weapon. You practice your trigger full uh, trigger pull. Excuse me. You practice your sight alignment, your sight picture. The iTarget Pro system will send you a laser round. And with that laser round, you will insert a weapon you have now. It is, requires no manipulation, won't damage your weapon or anything like that. And it will emit a laser every time you drive fire that uh, on that trigger. And it will it comes with a target. And you will see where the round would have gone, which is nice. Because before, in the past, you know, you dry fire, you have no idea. You're just basically pulling a trigger on a safely unloaded weapon. You have no idea where the, the rounds would have gone. Uh, this system is terrific. People send me pictures of their targets. They're, uh, by the end of the week, they're, they're shooting the wings off a firefly. This thing is incredible. Go check it out, itargetpro.com that's the letter i itargetpro.com. i targetpro.com. use promo code dan for 10% off go check it out you will not regret it this is a terrific terrific system allows you to practice in the safety and security of your own home all right listen um I, you know i i this morning is one of those interesting mornings because i'm really I'm going to talk through this so I'm asking you to bear with me I usually have a more structured format to the show as Joe knows I mm-hmm. write things out I you know I don't like to sound haphazard matter of fact the one complaint I get sometimes which is rare thankfully but the one complaint I do get is sometimes I'm a little too thorough and I repeat myself too much um, because I want to make sure you get the information today if the show sounds a little scattered um, it's not due to lack of preparation it's due to the fact that we are Folks, we are in really an unprecedented time, at least in my lifetime. I know that's probably an overused word, ironically, unprecedented. It's kind of like the ironically overused word, unique. But I've never seen anything like this. Now, I've only been alive 43 years, but I've never in my life seen Mm-mm. seen chaos like this. And I'm, I'm a little anxious as to where it's going because I don't know where this ends. So I'm watching, you know, me having... Been a former Secret Service agent. I'm certain things. I'm very sensitive to certain things. Sure. Um, and I'm looking Joe on Twitter yesterday, and I see the DHS secretary who has a Secret Service uh, detail. I know many of them on there. Was. You know, violently uh, harassed out of a restaurant yesterday. I say violently because they were screaming at her, yelling at her, uh, uh, Kristen Nielsen, mm-hmm. and she was forced to leave. And you know, she has a Secret Service detail, thankfully. But this is and and what, what bothered me was obviously that it happened, Joe. But not just that it happened. I I always tell you I follow certain Twitter accounts of of ultra-violent liberals on Twitter to see what's going on. I also follow their email groups as well to give you the latest information on how crazy these people are. Mm -hmm. It's not just that it happened, Joe. It's that it was celebrated celebrated by people at the Washington Post celebrated by uh Hollywood types um Peter Fonda lost his mind on Twitter last night calling for Barron Trump um Donald Trump's son to be ripped from Melania's arms and thrown in with pedophiles I'm not making this up this is his verified blue check mark Twitter account meaning it's really him mm. calling for ice agents kids to be targeted Peter Fonda you had Washington Post, this woman from the Washington Post, it's on my Twitter feed, celebrating the DHS secretary in an aggressive, what could have turned into a violent confrontation with her because she was eating in a restaurant. You have Hollywood types now calling for, we're going to leave Fox. You know, Fox has a, a news division, as Joe knows, and a mm-hmm. an entertainment division, Fox Studios. Fox Studios has nothing to do with the news division. Fox the parent company. They're not, it's not a political outlet. You have Hollywood types. We need to leave Fox now. The entertainment. We need to get our shows off of Fox. The uh, not not the news channel. The Fox uh, television station. The Fox movie studio. Right. You have endless comparisons to Nazis every day. If you're a conservative now, every it's it's daily now, Joe. Every day, conservatives, mm-hmm. Nazis, libertarians, Nazis, Trump supporters, Nazis. The dehumanization of Trump supporters. Painting them as violent killers, sociopathic Nazi killers. The old order is gone. You have a congressional intern yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, Joe. I I did. You saw this, right? Congressional intern is Trump is up on Capitol Hill. I have never seen this. I have gone to Capitol Hill with two U.S. presidents as a Secret Service agent. I have never seen anything like this. A congressional intern screams, hey, Mr. President... F you, you can fill in the blank. Screams it. An intern, a congressional intern up on Capitol Hill, screaming at Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, norms, norms are gone. This is, this is new mate listen if you're older than me i respect experience unlike liberals who their motto is don't trust anyone under 30 my motto is never listen to a liberal under 30 who tells you to trust someone uh, 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 never trust someone over 30 mm-hmm. you may have, i've never I, i've never seen anything like this me neither no joe you're a little older than me you've been in this yeah. game a long time yeah and i've i've never seen i was commenting to a chuck this morning our traffic guy um, about I've never seen anything like this he he agreed with me and before you go on this aspect of this what's going on this yeah. needs to be talked about this this is it's been festering it needs to be discussed i don't think it's being talked about enough i agree i, I think there's a fear here and i know because i'm always candid with you i'm glad you said that joe yeah. there's a fear here amongst conservative commentators um I know because I you know I've been blessed enough by your support to have a big voice in this I thanks exclusively to you I humbly thank you for that I mean it I never saw myself being in the position we are with millions of people listening to our show I, I didn't I Joe and I thought the show was interesting we wouldn't have done it but we never saw this but I talked to them and there's a fear out there. That if they discuss this, that they're somehow going to be accused of condoning, you know, violence as an appropriate response. In other words, if we even mention this, like some liberal, you know, Media Matters goon group is going to be like, oh, look, uh, this conservative radio station says, get ready, prepare your guns for the Armageddon. that That's what they're I know. They're afraid of that. I know because I talk to a lot of people. Am I Right, Joe. Am yeah, I right? You're right on the Me- button, daddy. Meanwhile, liberals. Remember, keep in mind, if you're a liberal, you can say whatever you want you Peter Fonda. You can, you can, you. Peter Fonda just tweeted, just literally tweeted, not figuratively, from his blue checkmark verified account, that they should rip the president's kid from Melania's hands and throw him in with pedophiles. That I'm, I assure you, almost nothing will happen to him. Now, conservatives, the difference with us is we don't do this because we have an objective set of values mired to God. God-given rights, family and God, liberalism largely, not all liberals, certainly not all Democrats, but the radical left is mired to the state, state power, and ultraviolence as a means of supporting that ends, which is state power and the diminishment of the individual. It It is our allegiance to God family first that keeps conservatives from going down that ultraviolent path. But what's worrying me now, folks, is I've always, if you're a listener to this show, Joe, gosh, you've been with me forever now. Mm -hmm. You know this. Matter Mm -hmm. of fact, I get negative emails about this sometimes. I'm not kidding. you. I have always suggested to you, always, that we cannot reciprocate in kind. We cannot. We cannot adopt aggression and violence. We can't. But please don't mistake that. For me, at this point, this is an uncomfortable conversation. Gosh, you could probably hear it in my voice. I know. It's, you, it's suggesting to you that you should not defend yourself. I say that because I am legitimately worried now that the liberals, not just because of this incident yesterday with Nielsen, folks. It's not that it happened, that's, that's bad enough. It's that it's actively being condoned by people in the media and Hollywood now. And I wonder when this cultural shift, which was generally speaking, up until now, hey, violence is not the answer. I wonder when this cultural shift has happened with the left, that they're starting to see violence as the answer now and accept it even amongst their, their, their cultural uh, high purchase. Academia, the media, uh, and ho- uh, Hollywood—that they may actually be accepting this now. This is, folks. This is frightening. I—I'm ne- telling you, I didn't think this was possible. I always knew the radical left embraced violence. I've said it on the show a thousand times. Antifa, there were portions of the Black Lives Matter crew that not only embraced it, they called for violence. What I'm. Trying to uncomfortably get at here is, I think we're reaching a tipping point here, Joe, where the call for not just violence, but ultraviolence, throwing the president's kid in with pedophiles, as Peter Fonda just called for on his Twitter account, harassing, openly, aggressively confronting Government officials instituting the rule of law, aggressively confronting them, per, per, maybe provoking a violent confrontation. I'm wondering if we're not at the point now where this is tipping into mainstream media, Hollywood, and academia—the um, the zeitgeist of the time here—that this is the new, this is the new normal. That's why I'm saying to you: don't mistake my my pacifist approach. To not asking you to defend yourselves and, and get attacked by these people. This is I, I'm genuinely concerned that this is where we're going. And maybe it just hit me yesterday. Who knows, folks? Maybe I am late to the party. I don't know. Maybe I am late to the party here. But my secret service friends yesterday, uh, you know, on this detail, I I I, I can't. I, I've never seen anything like it. Now. Having said that, folks. These li- liberals asking for this I am I am begging you. As an American citizen, a fellow citizen, you are we are at a dangerous tipping point. And if you are going to insist on violent aggressive confrontation as a new tactic to obtain to abuse power in this country because you've lost political power, this is going to be a very dangerous path. There's no turning back from that. I cannot discourage you strongly enough from pursuing this. But if you insist, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure you're prepared for this. And this is what made me think of this specifically. I know the Secret Service guys, their overwhelming majority of them are very, very well trained. Mm-hmm. Joe, what do they think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen if, God forbid, you decide you're going to tip this into ultraviolence and real confrontation? You think they're just going to let you, like, attack the DHS secretary? Do no. You think that's going to happen? No. You are going to be put on your ass and arrested. And I think the problem with this, Joe, and again, I'm talking through this on the show because I'm having a tough time with this myself because i understand this can only lead to chaos there is no turning back from this nothing has bothered me more ever as a conservative libertarian leaning commentator than when people recklessly call for violence i had a guy call in a radio station one time mm-hmm. and when i was hosting at WMAL and say i'm ready to go you know get the guns and i i i lost it on the radio i'm like dude this was an actual conversation i go who who's? I remember asking. I go. Who's your state delegate? Ah, oh, what does that have to do with anything? I don't even know. So let me get this straight. Given your bevy of options to solve our political problems in this country and how to really go back on the counterattack against liberal ideology, you don't even know who the state delegate is. In other words, you haven't even written an email or petitioned an email or anything like that. You have? Do you even vote? I was furious because it's Someone who spent a lot of time in law enforcement, folks, violence is an awful, horrible thing. And I'm not talking anybody, but I know the people out there who've been actively involved in this, who have seen real violence up close and personal. It is always, always the last option. And there is no turning back. There's no turning back. I think the problem with the left, and this is where I was going with this, with their tipping point, where they're actually now condoning aggressive confrontation that is going to lead to violence, is they're living in an environment of what I'm going to call today protected confrontation. You see that? They yeah. have grown up, Joe. They have grown When you understand the difference between protected confrontation An unpredictable, unprotected confrontation, believe me, you will eschew violence at every opportunity. Here's what liberals have grown up around. They have grown up in insulated college environments. They have grown up in insulated grammar school and high school environments in many cases in liberal states where it is appropriate and condoned to attack your conservative friends and Mm -hmm. to be celebrated for it. On college, you can get your conservative friends and their conservative speakers thrown off campus. It's all condoned. Nothing will happen to you. If they, God forbid, respond back with violence and punch you in the face, they'll be arrested and they should be. But they have grown up in work environments, in media environments, where liberal ideology is the de facto default position. And any confrontation to that liberal ideology, the other person, man or woman, the conservative is mocked. And you are protected. They are in an environment of protected confrontation where confrontation, thank you, has absolutely no consequence for you whatsoever. This relates to my, my, my talk yesterday about the FBI versus every other law enforcement agency. And how when you grow up in a strictly academic, cultural environment and you've never experienced the real world, and the real horror of unprotected, unpredictable violence on yourself. You are so easily convinced that violence is the way forward to obtain power. Ladies and gentlemen, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. Please don't forget this. Listen, I'm an old guy now. I am. I know you may laugh at 43. It's not funny. I'm, I'm an old, maybe not chronologically, but I'm old. My body is old. It's beaten up. For those of you who see me in the gym who listen to this show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I can barely move anymore. I'm not asking for anybody's sympathy. I love what I've done in my life. But football, wrestling, boxing, and specifically a lot of the mixed martial arts stuff, things just don't work anymore. Hmm. And I was having this conversation with a a friend of mine, a gym, this young lady. She's she's not a a gymnast, but she's always like doing these crazy techniques in the gym. And she was asking me, you know, why I look like I'm in so much pain. I was doing some dumbbell bench presses. And I said, you know, because I'm old. And I said, the most painful part of this, she was in her twenties, name is Grace. And we were chatting and I said, you know, Grace, one of the, one of the worst parts about this whole thing is if you're not physically active your whole life, you know, you're out of shape. I'm not knocking. I'm just saying it's not really your thing. Yeah. And then you start working out in your 40s and 50s. Uh It's not mentally painful for you because you don't remember what you could have done physically because you never did it. Mm. I almost envy you in a way. Interesting. But when you're 43 years old and you've been working out playing baseball and football since you're six and seven years old and you were mixed martial arts and you were just a killer on the mat. And now you're getting beaten by people who've been training six, seven months who are younger than you. You mentally can't get over the fact that you are not this, you're in it. You're living in this shell and your spirit just wants to get out. You're like, this isn't me. And I said, Grace, worship every minute of this when you can do what you can do now. Because I look at people who move fluidly, can rotate their arms, can, can move without pain. And I just want to be that person again so bad. And I can't. I bring all this up because is engaging in controlled violence. For 30 plus years of my life, football, that's what this is, controlled violence, Mm -hmm. mixed martial arts has taken its toll. But that controlled violence taught me some valuable things. For 30 years of my life, I've been involved in every martial art known to man. I finally settled in with Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA when I was about 25, and I've loved it ever since. But I grappled forever in these grappling schools with really, really tough guys. And I've gone on rounds forever. And you're out of breath. And you got some guy's sweaty t-shirt, true story, falling on your face. It's actually being sucked up your nose. And you can't breathe. And you've been at it for 20 minutes. And you're thinking to yourself, this is the worst experience. It can't get any worse. I can't breathe. This guy's beating me. He's a monster. He's strong. He's got his shoulder in my throat and side control. I can barely breathe. I can, my muscles don't work anymore. And you're thinking to yourself, this can't get any worse. You're thinking, I'm really tough. You know what? It can. Mm-hmm. And my first experience for it getting worse. You know why it can get worse? Because it's controlled. And for years, I rolled around. And fought with these guys in a controlled environment where you did one thing and it stopped. You tapped and just like that, it's over. And you're breathing again and life is good five minutes later when you get your O2 back. The first time I was a police officer and got attacked by a guy in a domestic dispute, I thought I was the toughest guy on earth. I had that idea in my head that because I'd rolled with that guy Boris, true story, for 20 minutes... And it was the worst pain I'd ever felt. I had this idea in my head that because I experienced that in a controlled, protected confrontation environment, that violence in the real world was the same thing. It is not. The mental panic that sets in the first time you realize there will be no tapping out. There will be no quitting. Matter of fact, this will only end when this guy on top of you, who literally took an ironing board and buckled me in half, and started jumping on me and attacking me. You realize this will never stop until you stop it. The sense of mental panic that kicks in is not replicable anywhere. It's not because it is, it is because it is not a protected confrontation. It is an unpredictable, real-world confrontation where that violence will not stop until you stop it. When you experience that, now I know for a fact, every police officer, you've all been attacked by someone. You've all been punched. I know every military personnel out there who's been in a combat situation or otherwise, you're hearing exactly what I'm talking about. And that red zone panic is something you can never train away. You can never train it away. All you can do is learn to operate in it. You cannot train it away. That fog of war and that fog of unprotected confrontation where you will not be protected. The college administrator will not protect you. The tap will not stop. You cannot tap out. There is a panic that sets in. Everybody will experience it. That panic will scare the living out of you for the rest of your life. The Snowflakes don't know that. The social justice warrior crowd, which has grown up insulated in their ideological bubbles, they don't know that. They've never danced. They've never tangoed with unprotected confrontation ever. They've never danced with that guy, that one guy, the Antifa crowd is going to attack who, God forbid, loses his mind and attacks back. They have never danced. They don't know what unprotected outside of the bubble confrontation looks like. Therefore, they're not scared of it. Folks, it's my only, only explanation from someone who's been down that road multiple times, by the way. It was it Halloween, 1999, the first time I heard a bullet whiz past my head? And I got into a foot pursuit. I ran about 100 yards in that NYPD uniform with that nightstick hitting me on the legs. You ever try to sprint 100 yards with a gun belt on? Stuff falling all over the place? With a memo book in your back pocket? Big fat leather binders sticking in your back pocket? I, I couldn't breathe. And as I turned the corner, I remember specifically in my head, Joe... An unprotected confrontation where no one was going to save you. Thinking, holy crap. If this guy's around this corner, what am I going to do? I had nothing in the tank, folks. Nothing. Now, he hid under a car and wound up... We caught him. The the task force guys that responded caught him about five minutes later because I'd put out a description. But I will never, ever, for as long as I live... Forget that second before I turned that corner that felt like an eternity where I said to myself, what am I going to do if he's there? No one was going to save you. It wasn't going to be a tap out. There wasn't going to be an I quit. There wasn't going to be a call for a safe space. No one was coming to the rescue with Crayola crayons or color forms. There wasn't going to be a cry room. There wasn't going to be some Hollywood elitist like Peter Fonda, who's never had his ass kicked in his entire life. No one was going to save you. That is a horrendous experience. Do you now understand, as my audience, who I love to death, why I say things that, May bother you, but I'm not trying to. But I'm just trying to tell you the truth. False bravado is bullshit. I'm sorry. And leave that in there. I am not. Any radio host who's a fake tough guy can get on the air. Yeah, man. It's time to start kicking ass, man. Start taking it. You know what? That's bullshit. I've been there with the dude with the iron and board pounding on you. It ain't fun. These people who randomly go, it's time to start punching people in the gut. You you know what? When you get there and you get your ass kicked for the first time, you're going to understand why a guy like me says, no, that is the absolute last resort. And you're also going to understand why I opened up today saying, this is why we're in the most dangerous time I've seen in my 43 years on this planet. Because leftists who have definitely never been there, ever, are teetering dangerously on that point. And they are going to force people to respond. And what's even worse is they are going to force hard people who, who, to respond. People like me and others to, who don't want to. this We are not snowflakes. That is exclusively the domain of the left. You're the safe spacers, the color formers, the, the, the Crayola crowd, the cry room crowd. That is you. The microaggression crowd, microaggression, tell a soldier a microaggression, what a foreign soldier winked at him before he shot a seven, six, two rain, you know, round down range at him. Are you idiots kidding me? Do you know why? Do you understand what you're doing? You're poking a bear that doesn't want to be poked. You're not ready for this. I've gone on this rant here to please implore you to understand when you're sitting on that couch in that guy's house after he buckled you in half with an ironing board and he's punching you in the face, there is no more horrible experience on the planet knowing no one is going to save you. Stop poking the bear. You don't know what the bear's been through. You don't know the capabilities of that bear. You've heard about a bear in movies. You've seen a bear in a zoo on your college campus where they're constrained and it's protected confrontation. That bear will never, ever come at you. But would you poke that bear when the zoo rolls that cage door up? Don't do it. There is no turning back. It will invoke a situation and a horror you are not used to. You have no idea how ugly that is. You have no idea the people on the conservative side who have been hardened for years, who have been called every disgusting, atrocious name in the book, who've been been spit at, who've been lied about who've been boycotted, these who, who have served, who have been in some cases spent years being beaten up themselves. You have no idea how hard these people are. I am humbly and respectfully asking you, for the umpteenth time, stop poking the bear in the zoo. crazy. Man. I can't believe it. I really, I can't believe it. What, what, what this is, we're just in, we're living through total, complete chaos like I've never seen. We live in the greatest, most prosperous country on earth, defended by men and women with cojones of steel who put their own lives and limbs on the line. I'm reading about Johnny Joey Jones this morning on Twitter. War hero, lost his legs, who's now got severe arthritis in his arms. Uh, I, I'm assuming from taking up all the load that his legs, he's got the two prosthetics on his legs. These are hard. Hard men who have protected this country over and over. You are continuing to poke and prod. You have no idea what unprotected confrontation looks like. And people who've been in it understand the horror of it. You don't. You're soft. Listen to me, Libs. You're soft. I'm not even trying to insult you anymore. I'm trying to tell you the truth so you understand. You understand the battlefield terrain right here. You're up against. You are soft. You've always been soft. Your entire ideology is victimhood. Your entire ideology is microaggressions and safe spaces being insulated from confrontation you don't like. You are soft. You're not ready for this. You're soft. Back up. Back away from the cage. Go get a real job. Go experience the real world outside of journalism and the Washington Post and their ultra-violent op-ed reporters. Go get a mop. Go sweep a floor. Go spar in a boxing round and get your ass kicked a couple times. Go do a stress test at a range and see how hard it is to engage in a firearm situation when you're out of breath. Maybe you'll respect what cops go through. Get tuned up a little bit in a mixed martial arts thing. Go. Go to a mixed martial arts school. Go go roll with a guy who's been training for 10 years and watch how easily he'll take your breath away. Literally. I'm not talking about the Berlin song. I'm talking about how easily... He will render you absolutely useless. Not even he. She, too. I can set you up tomorrow with a, with a woman, a 120-pound woman in the jiu-jitsu school I go to, who I guarantee you will show you in a heartbeat how useless you are. Man up. And then come back and we can talk politics later. But as of right now, you're soft. You've got nothing. And when you teeter over the edge and you start walking into that danger zone you're walking into now. You are invoking a response you can never take back and you can't possibly win. All right. I went on a little longer than I thought. So. Sorry about that. (sighs) Yeah. Has to be talked about, Dan. It has to i know i i i I, i'm just there's this fear i sense it and i know my conservative friends i i feel it as well i I I just you know being in the industry it's like you know i i've eschewed this stuff all the time because i've been there and i've seen it i don't think they understand these liberals are just they're they're not they're just not ready and they don't understand what they're doing so all right uh let's see i got a lot of other stuff to get to today um where do we go next all right, let me talk about this Daily Caller piece. Oh, can I just say one more thing? Hey, um, it's been 32 years since Len Bias died. Yeah. Um, and for those kids that listen to the show, Len Bias, for for those of you who don't know who Len Bias was, this was for people like me and Joe. This was a transformative moment in mm-hmm. the drug and the fight against illegal drugs in our generation. Len Bias was a University of Maryland basketball player. He was um a, a, a unique, uh, literally unique, like once in a lifetime talent. Uh, he was just a, a the next big thing. He was drafted by the Boston Celtics and died shortly after that from a drug overdose from cocaine. Um, it was a moment, I was an avid sports fan as I was a kid, that transformed my life. And listen, it's not a PSA. Or I'm not trying to, you know, I'm telling you kids, hey, eat your spinach and drink your milk. It's not what I do here. I've made enough mistakes myself. I'm a sinner. I'm not anybody's example. I'm certainly not trying to be anybody's role model or anything like that. I'm just saying that moment. I've never taken illegal drugs in my life, and it was largely due to that moment. This guy had life by the you-know-what yeah, and died instantaneously from an overdose of cocaine that basically blew out his whole system, and it changed my life forever. So I encourage all of you young kids, if you're even thinking about it, to go and read his story. And you say, ah, it's just one time, don't worry about it. well, it was just one time for him. Um, you know, and that one time, you know, we we don't know his past or anything like that, but that time he did that ended his entire life. We never know what Bias would have been. Could have been the greatest basketball player in NBA history. His story is now a cautionary tale. Go look it up. It's um Len Bias, B I A S. It's uh it's an incredible story that I know for me, it's Joe being in Maryland too. Yeah. Remember that? It was like, I remember being, I remember that, I actually remember, you know, those moments in your life, you remember when it happened? I was in a finest supermarket that used to be an old chain in New York. And I was in like aisle four or something, a bread aisle with my mother. And it came over the PA on the news they were playing that Len Bias had died of a drug overdose. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was like, did that just happen? Um, Look up the story. It's definitely worth your time. All right, today's show um, brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. You know I'm a big supporter of these guys. They've been with me from the beginning. Uh, they have a great new product, relatively new, been around a little while. Sold out like crazy. Now they're fully stocked up and ready to roll. The product is called Field of Greens. I'm a big uh, advocate for health, uh, healthy eating. It's the only thing that's kept me from falling apart. I mean, I'm kind of broken up here <laughs> yeah. now, but it's you know, if, without it, I'd be, I'd uh, probably be dead by now. I mean, it's just uh, not much of a train wreck. Too many arm bars. Uh, Field of Greens is a fruit and vegetable powder, but it's real food. It's not an extract. I can't say that enough. A lot of these products you see out there, like, hey, take our fruit and vegetable powder. It's the greatest thing. It's it's extract. It's crap. It's junk. It's garbage. This is fresh, high-quality fruits and vegetables. They dip the water out because water is like 80 to 90% of a lot of fruits and vegetables, and they grind it up into a powder. But it's real food. It's not the extract. It's the actual food. The stuff tastes delicious. It's called Field of Greens. It is your fruit and vegetable insurance. Everybody knows fruit and vegetables. Copious amounts of fruits and vegetables are the key to good health. Cognitive health, your body health, joint health, everything. I can't recommend this product highly enough. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables ordinarily, and I also take this two times a day. I put it in green tea, sometimes in V8. My daughter loves it in orange juice. It's really good. Go check it out. You will not regret it. Take a little, uh, you know, put a little note in a log about how you feel before you started and how you feel afterwards. You'll see it's that good. Give it a little time. It's really, really high quality stuff. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. The product is called Field of Greens. Go check it out. Really good stuff. Um. The Daily Caller has a great piece up in the show notes that I I, I strongly encourage you to check out um, of the photos from the Obama era incarceration process. For you saw this, Joe? Yeah. From il- uh, illegal immigrants who crossed the border with their kids. Now the photos are. are disturbing these are photos of the obama administration what they did now notice this just goes to show you this is a media gaslighting effort there was almost no media outrage whatsoever certainly not the intensity of the coverage about obama era policies that resulted in in even worse i believe detention conditions than the illegal immigrants who are detained now under the trump administration now the media was was silent on this there's a good daily caller piece. I want you to see those photos and I want you to show them to your liberal friends. And I strongly encourage you to sh- pretend to your friends, right? you gotta know, play a little game with your liberal friends because they're not ready for this because facts are tough for them, Joe. Take the pictures and say, look at these pictures of the Trump administration. Oh my gosh, she's are horrible Watch them. Oh my gosh, Trump. Nazis, Trump, Nazis are this horrible Nazi. Um, sorry, dude, this is Obama. This is actually Obama. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Shaggy. They won't know what to do. Look at the pictures in the Daily Caller piece. It's in the show notes. Having said that, there's another terrific piece by uh, Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire where it talks about how the Obama administration's policy, Joe, of incarcerating adults with the kids. Oh was actually defended in court by the DHS secretary and defended publicly by the DHS secretary as a deterrent, meaning it was so awful that they did it to deter people from coming in from the Daily Wire. You, this is the, the, You don't expect any Peter Fondham Hollywood types or media goons to actually report the truth that the Obama administration's detention policies were far worse and they actually advocated for it. OK, here's this is from the Daily Wire piece. Read it in the show notes at Bongino dot com. Subscribe to my email list. Of course, I'll send this stuff right to you. It says, furthermore, it turns out that the Obama administration was holding women and children together and, emphasis theirs, not releasing children in order to deter further immigration. I'm not making this up. The Obama administration was actually incarcerating children with their moms and not letting them go like the Trump team is. Remember, the Trump team, the Flores consent decree, if you've been listening to the shows, the Trump team is letting these kids go. That's the left's argument, that they're letting the kids out of incarceration into a responsible family member's care. Mm -hmm. And the left is saying, oh, that's separating them because they're holding on to the parents who broke the law, which is what happens when you go to jail. The Obama administration was detaining the kids. This is not, this is real. It was holding women and children together and not releasing children in order to deter further immigration. Yes, you read that right. This is from the Shapiro piece. The same people now complaining about the Trump administration using child-parent separation as a deterrent were entranced with the idea of keeping children and parents together as a deterrent. This. I'm so sick of the media. You're mm. disgusting. You're, you're disgusting. You're just filthy people. You're You're horrible. Jay Johnson, former Secretary of Homeland Security, said at the time regarding family detention, Joe. Remember, Trump is letting the kids out. Yeah. Obama wasn't. Mm-hmm. The practice, this is Jay Johnson, this, this hypocrite. The practice has reformed considerably since two years ago when we first opened things up. But I think that we need to continue the practice. They're talking about incarcerating kids, Joe. What? So we're not just engaging in catch and release on the border. Johnson, in other words, used the exact same verbiage as the Trump administration to describe keeping children in custody, not out of humanitarian concern, but as a deterrent. What a bunch of fake and phony frauds. This is never, ever been about the kids. This is another fake generated media outrage campaign that they were never outraged about under Obama. I say fake not because the condition of kids shouldn't be a concern of ours. I say fake because when these same kids were kept in custody and not let out under the Obama administration, in worse conditions, look at the Daily Caller photos from it, in worse conditions, the media said nothing. Yeah, well... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah, the, the dude is the only, there's no reason to this. None. We haven't, we haven't used the dude. Yeah. Well. It's a fake outrage campaign. They're not really outraged. They're not really outraged because they said almost nothing under the Obama administration when it was far worse. And secondly, sleazy Chuck Schumer, sleazeball was just offered a solution by Ted Cruz to keep these families together. In They're not going to get out. They broke the law. The same circumstances the Obama administration used. You just heard Jay Johnson's quote there. And Chuck Schumer said, no, we don't want it. We don't want it. We don't want the solution. Why do they not want a solution? Because the Democrats are not outraged. They are using this as a political moment with their media bootlicking hack acolytes to use it as a political weapon against Donald Trump. They're not outraged. If they were outraged, they would do what the Republicans, Ted Cruz, noted conservative are doing and actually solve the problem. I have the piece in the show notes today. You can read it yourself. Chuck Schumer is not even remotely interested in a legislative solution because he knows he has media goons out there to do what? Continue to propagate the myth that Trump is putting kids in concentration camps, that the Republicans are Nazis. They are not even remotely interested in solving this problem. Please do not be a sucker. Do not be fooled for a minute. The media does not care. The Democrats do not care about solving this problem. They were offered a solution. They don't want it. They want another outrage campaign to use in the midterms. Ladies and gentlemen, all of this stuff, by the way, I've been talking about. I'm going to tie up into one bigger thought right now. All right. Media outrage campaigns. The growing left tilt towards widespread acceptance of violence, aggression, confrontation. Economic attacks, attacks on Fox, norms going out the window, screaming at the president, Nazi, calling people Nazis. The old order is gone. Folks, please, soccer moms, soccer dads who are only marginally involved in politics who may have found this show for the first time, I'm again humbly imploring you to understand the old order is dead. The old order of business is gone. If you think we're still living in this congenial era where there's going to be political fights and they'll ebb and flow, they are not. The left has taken a very dangerous tilt. This is no longer about solving problems. This is about pure weaponization of politics in the media. I say all of this because there is a, not a solution, but a fix. There is no solution. This battle will never stop. You must understand the battlefield terrain which was the first half of the show. The solution is to never let these people get political power back. These people are dangerous. Their use of weaponization of government in the IRS, their use of spies to target political campaigns, their use of aggressive confrontation, their use of violence, their economic attacks. You can never let these people get political power again, ever. Not in your lifetime. We have a midterm coming up in 2018. I'm begging you on bended knee. Please vote. Please. You cannot let these people back in power. They are anti-civil liberties tyrants. They have proven it over and over and over again. They're not interested in political solutions. They are interested in weaponizing government to empower the state and diminish you and your family. Something will be taken from you. If you lose in these midterms, you notice I didn't say we. Yeah. You all individually will lose your Second Amendment rights, your money, your your ability to practice your religion, you will lose. You, each one of you. Now liberals, why I'm a the conspiracy theory. Really? Did you read the Deerfield, Illinois story? They were actually confiscating guns. They were thankfully stopped by a judge. Now do you understand the importance of political power? They're already telling you they're going to raise your taxes. They're already trying to pass laws in California, which would essentially prohibit the practice of your religion. You cannot lose political power. It is the only obstacle against the hordes of anti-civil liberty advocates who are now teetering towards aggressive confrontation. And in some cases, ultra violence, recommending the president's kid be thrown in a cage with pedophiles. Ultra violence. The only obstacle, the only dam you have against the water is your vote. Do not miss this vote, no matter what. I don't, there, you have no excuse. They have early voting everywhere, every congressional seat is on the ballot. Uh, A third of the Senate's on the ballot. We have governor's races. Do not let these lunatic maniacs get back in power. They spy. They weaponize government. They attack you. These are violent people. Not all of them. I'm not talking about all Democrats. I want to be clear. A lot of Democrats are tired of this crap, too. These ultra-leftists are ultra-violent. They will weaponize government. They are weaponizing the media. They are liars. Do not let these people touch the reins of power. Nowhere near it. All right. Man, we're uh, really, I know, I can, I know what you're thinking. I know, Joe, I, I can see Joe and I know my, we have like an ESP mind. All right, let me read this and uh, I want to wrap it up in another thought. Yeah. All right. Filter by. You know, I'm a big fan of filter by. Speaking of, and uh, you know, I listen, I say this folks because our sponsors understand this is a great company that mm. doesn't shy away at all from being on a conservative podcast. I appreciate you supporting our sponsors and thank you for the emails for the people who do. I try to respond back to as many as I can. Um, I don't want to assume too much, but I suspect you have enough bills to pay already and you don't need any more. I certainly don't, but that might be what you're headed for. If you don't trust me on this, according to the department of energy, the most expensive utility for most Americans is their electricity bill. Makes up roughly 9% of their annual housing expenditure. This number is aggravated depending on where you live. If it's really hot like it is down here in Florida in the summer, your energy bills can go through the roof. Mine get really, really expensive. I've blown out a few systems early because my system wasn't clean. HVAC system there. Adding insult to injury, this allergy season has been one of the worst, further straining your system. You can help lower your electricity bills by making sure your system is running smoothly with a new set of filters for my friends at FilterBuy. America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. They carry over 600 different filter sizes. And if you have one of those difficult systems, they can make custom filters just for you. Plus, they ship free within 24 hours. And if that's not enough, they're manufactured right here in America. So there's no excuse. Set up auto delivery just makes life easier. Plus, you save 5% with filter buy. Additionally, you extend the life of your HVAC system. You'll extend your lungs too. It's getting hotter outside. The last thing you need is a busted HVAC system on top of the really horrendous allergies. Save time. Save money. Breathe better with FilterBuy.com. I know I do. It's one of my favorite companies. That's FilterBuy.com. 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 Tell them Dan Bongino sent you. Okay. Um, I got a lot of feedback on yesterday's show Ah. about the FBI and why I think the FBI is... Uh, is more liberal, a, ver- a lot more liberal than mm-hmm. almost any other law enforcement agency. When you go to law enforcement agencies, police departments, and the feedback I got on the show yesterday, Joe, rivals the death penalty show. Uh, wow. Hundreds of emails from cops, Border Patrol, IRS, Secret Service, um, everyone saying, you're right, the FBI, my premise yesterday was that they hire a lot of white-collar folks without a lot of real-world black and white law enforcement type experience or military experience where it's either get the job done or don't, and they become very subjective rather than objective, and they allow their political, you listen to yesterday's show, I'm more thorough, I don't want to cover the whole show again today, but just to set this up, how the FBI agents, a lot of them allowed, allowed their left-leaning political beliefs through their subjective interpretation of what's good and bad, to enter into their professional law enforcement arena. Cops don't think like that. They don't. They don't give a traffic ticket and go, are you a Republican or a Democrat? They just don't. You know, military officers don't think like that. They don't ask their, you know, uh, when they're given an order, hey, you know, you guys go secure that bridge. They don't go, wait, uh, Sarge, are, are you a uh, are you a Democrat or a Republican? They, they just don't think that way. Right. They think in terms of the job. Get the job done, the mission first. A lot of FBI agents come from a very different white collar environment with subjectivity. And I think this is why, in my experience, I'm not knocking, I'm just saying, I'm trying to explain to you why the FBI, in my experience working with them and tons of other law enforcement entities, is far more liberal than anyone else. I believe that has a lot to do with it. Matter of fact, a surprising experience I had, um, I was at a party once in the, the Cinco de Mayo party when I lived in Severna Park, Maryland. This is about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was an FBI agent that lived in my neighborhood. He was an older guy. And I was just getting ready uh, to leave the job and run for office. And it had gotten out in my neighborhood that I was going to do that. And they were shocked. I mean, it was a very liberal neighborhood. And they were like, you're going to run as a Republican? Oh my gosh. So I'm at this <laughs> Cinco de Mayo party. Yeah. And most of my neighbors were really cool and they were very supportive about it. But this FBI guy, Joe, who I had no idea who this guy was. I'd seen him in a neighborhood before, mm-hmm. but and I knew he was an FBI agent, but I'd never had a conversation with this guy in my life. Out of nowhere, true story, comes up to me, starts at a Cinco de Mayo party, by the way, just starts hammering me. How can you not support a woman's right to chew? I mean, just now I'm trying to be contrary to my 6'1", 230 pound frame and rather aggressive tone sometimes on my podcast, folks. I'm actually, Joe knows, I'm actually very peace-loving, kind of pacifist guy. I don't like confrontation, especially yeah. in public. matter of like, fact, the one time I was confronted in public at JFK Airport about the show, some maniac, you're that Fox News guy. <laughs> um, I just said, hey, you know, thanks, bud. Thanks for coming. Which drove him crazy, by the way. I was like, uh, why are you so angry? It drove him nuts. But I don't like confrontation. So I was trying to kind of talk the situation down, but the guy was an ultra-liberal, like abortion on demand. So I asked him a simple question. I said, listen, if you are going to engage in this debate in front of all my friends and people out here, and in it's inappropriate. Time, everybody was clearly uncomfortable i said if you can explain to me you know how you you know every i said every human being on the planet has been conceived first right so conception life as 100 percent success that's great right, right? every life has been conceived can you explain to me how conception is not the beginning of life he looked entirely perplexed, and then he just like every liberal this is an fbi agent, by the way he he knows who he is if he listens he got super angry and started screaming to which my wife was like dude you need to like that because the guy was like a little pipsqueak too he's like brother you know, there's alcohol here. You may want to like tone it down. You get what I'm saying? Uh. Like just beat it. So he disappeared. But I was shocked because I was like, wow, man, these FBI guys. A lot of And I'd spoken to them. They are. A lot of them are super liberal. But some people misinterpreted that. A couple of them emailed me and said, oh, I, I, you know, I think you're right. It's that the FBI requires college. And that's what. No, no, no. That's not what I was saying at all. No. The FBI does require a college degree. But so does every other federal law enforcement agency. That's in eighteen eleven. Yeah, that's not what I was saying. In other words, I, 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 I don't. I'm not trying to. Lie. I just want to mass correct a lot of those emails. Yes, college and academia is liberal, but that's not what made a lot of these FBI agents liberal. I think it was their focus on these white collar environments where if you make a mistake, you make a mistake on an accounting book. What's the consequence? You go, you fix it later. You make a mistake in law enforcement where things are black and white. You're dead. There's no street experience. I'm sorry. I was a lawyer in a law firm for 10 minutes and became an FBI agent. There's not, a lot of them, there's, not, there's no street experience. The Secret Service requires a college degree, too. I have I have three of them. I have an MBA, a master's degree, and a bachelor's degree. Great. Who cares? I don't give a damn. I, I hardly ever tell you, That's it's maybe the third time <laughs> I mentioned it. Yeah. I don't care. The most valuable experience I ever got was owning my own business, Bongito Inc. Now. Most valuable experience in the street I ever got was being in the street, getting my ass kicked. That was experience. It's not the college that makes the difference. Military officers all uh, the, you know the Mustangs are some of the best who have college degrees and have gone up to the uh, uh, the ranks first. These are some of the best officers out there. They have college degrees too. It's not college. It, yes, college is liberal. I get that. a lot of academia is liberal, but that's not it. The FBI has gotten away from what I believe it should be a focus on a, an extensive hiring program from military officers and cops, people who have been in the street and seen real-world crime and real-world criminals and may not have you know, looked at SEC filings and all that other stuff, but they'll figure that out. But you know what you can't figure out? You can't figure out street experience if you don't have it. I can teach you. How to read. It's not hard. A company's quarterly findings. It's not. It's as simple. We, you learn it in business school. It, you can take an online course and figure it out. I can teach you how to do that. I cannot teach you invaluable street experience, human dynamics, social intelligence. I can't teach you that. You have to go and get your ass kicked yourself. I don't mean it literally. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. You have to be in the streets. You have to be in the suck in the military. These military officers have been overseas. We were the best Secret Service agents we had. When I was a class coordinator, I'd find a military officer and be like, you're the class president. Don't we need to take a vote? No, you're it. You, you, right there. Because I knew they would kick ass, and they always did. Because they see the world as law enforcement should. I have been paid by the citizens to enforce this law, not to interpret if the person who broke the law was good or bad based on their politics. It's time the FBI understood that. Maybe you should scrap for a little while. Oh, we need accountants, an engineer. Yeah, they're great. Uh, Terrific. You got enough of them. Maybe you should go grab some cops with college degrees and some military officers. Solve your problem right quick. Yeah, It's the old knowing and doing uh, deal, you know? Knowing versus doing, brother. You're darn right. Implicit versus explicit knowledge. There you go. We've talked about it before. All right. On a final note today, um, you know, I'm not a believer in tariffs at all. Uh, it's to the secret of many on the show. And that's fine. Again, I'll always tell you the truth. Uh, you can count on that. I'm never going to BS you. But I do have to I have to say, I'm not sure what the Trump administration is doing, the end game. But the end game may turn out to be pretty good for us. Why do I say that? Uh, interesting story. I read a Fox Business today. Fascinating development about German car makers. German car makers are now pushing the United States through Ambassador Grinnell to the United States and, and uh, in the EU to open up the car market between the EU and the United States to a tariff free environment for the first time, ladies and gentlemen. That would be fantastic. No tariffs. In other words, they put they put a ten percent tax on U.S. cars sold into uh, the European Union or or, or Germany in many uh, in these in many cases. What does that mean? Well, it means the car is ten percent more expensive than it should be. It's as simple as that. Right. If you had fifty thousand to spend on a car and fifty thousand only, and the car costs fifty five, you don't buy the car. That's why nobody likes tariffs. Now, the Trump administration, by threatening tariffs on their stuff or higher tariffs on their end, uh, which again I, I wasn't uh, and still I'm not a believer in, if their end game here is what he says, which I take Trump at his word, he said it in the, at the end of the G seven to move towards a tariff and subsidy free environment, then you know what. Big round of applause. And if he can get those tariffs on U.S. US cars wiped out, do you understand what a boon that would be to our car market here in the United States? All those extra cars we could sell? So I'm hoping and praying that that's a serious deal by the EU. And if it is, you can consider it as big a success as those tax cuts. We'll see what happens. I'll keep you updated. It's just a proposal now. But it's a really big deal and worthy of your attention. All right, folks. Thanks again for uh, listening in the beginning of the show. means a lot to me, and I just, again, I'm begging those liberals out there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just stick back, argue your facts, argue your case, but you better seriously reevaluate where you're going because once you go down this road, there's no turning back. And at the end of it is nothing but a cliff. We're all going to walk off. All right, thanks for listening. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.